And a very good morning. Welcome back here on the Farm Hour on this Tuesday. Our interview this morning, of course, our good friend and frequent guest, Rory Levandusky, joining us this morning from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County. Rory, uh, as always, a very good morning. Thanks for taking the time with us uh, here today. Yeah, good morning, Ron. Glad to be here. Well, today's topic with Rory is tank mixing pesticides. Rory, right off the bat, what are the advantages to tank mixes? And then what, if any, problems can arise when you're talking about a tank mix? Yeah, well, uh, tank mixing can involve combining various types of pesticides as well as pesticides plus other liquid non-pesticide products, so things like uh, biologicals, fertilizers, and plant amendments. So the the big advantage is tank mixing really allows for treatment of various pests, uh, for example, uh, weeds and plant disease in the same sprayer pass. Uh, When successful, tank mixing can save somebody time and money. Uh, However, if tank mixes are not compatible, uh, you're going to end up losing dollars due to decreased pesticide or product efficacy and uh, increased time needed to clean out that sprayer. Rory, obviously the goal of a tank mix is to end up with a sprayable solution where all of the products that have been added retain their effectiveness. Are there some factors to be aware of that determine if a tank mix you know, will be compatible or if it won't be? Yes. Uh, some of those factors that determine tank mix compatibility include uh, the product formulation, You know, whether it's a dry product or a liquid product, uh, does it have oil in it, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, water pH and hardness, the number of products that are being tank mixed, and the mixing order. Now, regardless of the pesticide used in a tank mix, uh, water is by far the largest single ingredient. Typically, it's going to account for, you know, 90% plus, maybe 95% plus of total volume. Uh, both water pH and water hardness can affect spray mixtures uh, and their effectiveness. So applicators really encourage applicators that they should know uh, their water pH and their water hardness. If liquid fertilizer gets used as a carrier instead of water, in some cases it is, uh, that adds an additional consideration uh, because of the high salt content. Uh, That then will reduce the solubility of of other things that are added into that tank mix. And then finally, um, as we mentioned, how a product is physically formulated, uh, whether that's a dry material or liquid, determines its compatibility with water, uh, the time it takes to go into solution, and then how it will react with other formulations. Rory, how can someone tell if a tank mix is incompatible? Are there visual symptoms that, you know, they can easily spot? Yeah, often, uh, but not always, uh, there are visual symptoms. Uh, Incompatibility can occur both physically and chemically. So physical incompatibility of a tank mix uh, typically is visible. Uh, You're going to see products that are going to fail to disperse. Uh, They won't be uh, suspended. They're not going to go into solution. So typically you see uh, the mix separating into layers. Uh, You can see products failing to dissolve. That can result in sediments. Or in worst-case scenarios, uh, we see actually the formation of gels, paste, and clumps. Now, chemical incompatibility is often harder to detect uh, in the tank. those are tank mixes. They, they go into solution. They look okay, uh, but they're actually causing antagonism where product uh, effectiveness is being reduced. Uh, that results, and again, some of those products in the tank, um, they have poor control that targets the species compared to its application where maybe only that product would be used alone. So sometimes com- 
chemical incompatibility can be detected if you observe, for example, things like a temperature change in the spray mix. Uh, that's usually going to be an exothermic or heating reaction. Uh, you might see a color change, or if you see the production of gas or an odor, uh, those can all indicate uh, chemical changes happening. Talking with us this morning about tank mixing, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County. Rory, are there some common mistakes maybe that are made when pesticides are tanked, mixed, that might lead to a problem? Yeah, some of the uh, common causes of tank mixing mistakes are, are due to the following. Uh, number one, failure to read and follow labeled directions regarding tank mixes, uh, combining products in a tank that have not been jar tested, uh, we would get mixes of multiple products, multiple formulations, uh, mixing products in the wrong sequence, and mixing products with insufficient water volume in the sprayer tank. Uh, any of those or all of those together can uh, are kind of setting yourself up for some failures here. Rory, we often hear the quote, the label is the law regarding pesticides. What kind of a mixing information uh, is included when you're talking about a pesticide label? Yeah, well, those uh, pesticide labels, again, the companies have spent a lot of dollars to develop their products. They want them to be successful. And so many pesticide labels have a section on mixing and handling. Uh, herbicide labels often contain very specific information about what other products may or may not be added to a tank mix. Uh, and then most often, uh, those labels also include a section on how to do a, a compatibility test if other pesticide products that are you know, not expressly prohibited might be included in a tank mix. Uh, the instructions essentially are spelling out how to do a jar test. Uh, basically, that includes you're, adding, you're taking a, a jar, filling it with some water, and then you're going to add amounts in the mixing order of various pesticide formulations. Uh, should note that it's obviously much less expensive and time-consuming to find out uh, if a plant tank mix is incompatible doing it on a small-scale jar test than to have that same incompatibility problem show up in the sprayer tank. Rory, mixing order has come up several times regarding tank mixes. How important is that? And are there some guidelines to follow regarding the mixing order? Yeah, it's, uh, Ron, that mixing order is really critically important in tank mixes, uh, especially if they involve a range of formulations that could go from, a, you know, like something like a dry dispersible granule to an emulsifiable concentrate. Uh, I've actually seen demonstrations where the same chemicals uh, were used uh, in two different uh, ways of mixing, one where those chemicals were just randomly mixed compared to, uh, in another container, a specific mixing order and sequence uh, was followed. One container ended up with chunks and gels, totally uh, unsprayable, and the other uh, resulted in a very good sprayable liquid solution. Rory, what procedure or mixing order should be followed then to get a compatible tank mix? Well, one of the big keys is you want to start with a tank uh, at least half full of water. Uh, oftentimes, uh, we get incompatibilities when there's not enough water volume, so at least half full of water. And then you add your products by formulation type, agitate in between each addition, allow time for uh, each of those products in your tank mix to go into solution before you add the next product. Uh, so you have water-soluble packets. Uh, they're always, uh, they always go in first. They take the most time to dissolve. Uh, then we add dry products. Always add it before any kind of emulsifiable concentrates or any oil-based product. 
So a good acronym to remember mixing order is WAM legs, where that W is water-soluble packets or available powders or dry flowables. A then is agitation in between time. M is for any then of your microcapsulated suspension products. Then your L for liquids and solubles. And then E for your multiple concentrates. And finally, if you have a high-load glyphosate product, uh, add that. And your last one to be added in would be any surfactants that the labels might call for. Rory, any other final remarks regarding tank mixing as uh, we get ready to wrap up today's show? Well, just a couple of things. Again, keep in mind that when tank mixing pesticides and other products, uh, that is the number of products added to a tank mix increases, the odds of some type of incompatibility, uh, physical or chemical, also are going to increase. And then a final factor affecting tank mixing is water temperature. Uh, allow more time if you're mixing with cold water. And finally, Rory, if someone has questions about tank mixing, where's the best place to go to get more information? Yeah, they can contact Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. Now, Purdue University Extension uh, has a good bulletin entitled Avoid Tank Mixing Errors. Uh, it's available as a PDF download. I'd be glad to send it out by email, either as a link or bulletin, uh, uh, you know, as a PDF attachment. And then remember, um, these programs are also available as podcasts courtesy of WQKT Radio. Talking tank mixing again with us today, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County. Rory, as always, thanks for joining us here on the phone. You're welcome. Thank you, Ron. More on the way. Hope you'll stay tuned. We're back with a look at your weather after this.